Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose, a podcast made possible by Skylife Success, a SkyPass group company. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose. This is Chris Dunham back in Dallas, Texas. For those of you who sent the messages of concern and care about the recent weather that we experienced in Texas, sub-zero temperatures for a period of time, a lot of people went through the homes uh, that uh, had frozen pipes that burst, etc. We were spared that misery. Now, I use the word we lightly because my wife and uh, of many years bore the brunt of that storm. In fact, I was in India trying to figure out a few things which I will share with you on this journey of joy. Now, it was also fascinating that uh, I was in India on my 35th anniversary, actually spending it with my father-in-law, who had experienced a few issues uh, medically, and so we decided that my bride and I would be separate on our 35th anniversary, that I would make the journey of joy to India and uh, brave all the things that came with it. As I was looking back on the past 10 or 14 days of uh, travel to the land of my birth to both meet my father-in-law and then pack up my dad and bring him back with me to the United States, I started thinking of a message called The Journey of Joy. I like the title, The Journey of Joy, because memories are what you make while you journey through life. Remember that. Memories are what you make while you journey through life. Some of us think memories are a destination. Some of us think memories are a decision. Some of us think memories are a declaration. Memories are happening at any given time. These eyes that are looking at the world we go through are like that inbuilt camera. Every time you blink, the shutter uh, takes a new picture and uh, that is calibrated and memorized. And as a result, if you start collating all these memories of the things you have seen and the things you have experienced, life becomes a very interesting picture book of revelation. Heraclitus, uh, the philosopher, said, no man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river and he's not the same man. This almost goes back to Albert Einstein being asked a question, do you set any goals? He said, I don't think about the future because as I thought about it, I already entered into it. In his eyes as a physicist, as a scientist of great eminence, the future or calibration of time was in nanoseconds. So he punctuated life by simply saying, I don't think about the future because even in during that thought process, I already arrived there. Now, the reason I'm sharing or unpacking some of these principles for you today is based on a thought process that we are now about a year removed from when the shutdowns first began. If I was to Uh, carefully look back, it was around the 13th of March that I was finally told amidst my many travels that I was taking that it was time to go home, that the world was getting ready to shut down. And during that period of a year, we have uh, documented countless messages, uh, created a lot of visual uh, excursions, uh, written a lot of text, uh, re-engineered our businesses, tried to create this virtual world, adjusted to a normal Normal with new excellence and many things. John Steinbeck in Travels with Charlie in Search of America put it this way, a journey is like a marriage. 
the certain way to be wrong is to think you control it. And during this virtual world, people came up with all kinds of ideas. And the whole idea was, let us try to control the uncertainty. Folks, we can never control the journey, but we have to find joy in the journey, joy in our relationships, joy in our response, joy in our reputation. So today's excursion is called the Journeys of Joy, and I say journeys multiple because at any given time we're taking many journeys. We're taking a journey of new learning. We're taking a journey of new respect. We're taking a journey of new identity. We're taking a journey of new relationships. And as a result, I want to articulate for you three or four moods and then give you some principles, and hopefully this will give you a little positivity in your day. Now, just for matter of reference, uh, the time is right now in Dallas, about 4.35 a.m. Why on earth would someone be recording something live at 4.35 a.m.? Well, the day actually began at 2.30 a.m. as I got up, got ready, and journeyed to my office to do a live rehearsal event with a country that is actually 14 hours different in time zone. So many of those people got together to evaluate the technical ability that I would have at my end for an event I'm scheduled to do for them in two days. So granted, this is not the live event that will actually take place two days from now, and that will be at 11 p.m. my time up till 1 a.m. my time. But for the rehearsal, I was required to come to my office at 4 in the morning, which means I was required to wake up at 2.30 in the morning, get ready, and make the journey here. Now, I don't mean to laud myself for the effort or the discomfort I took to get here. All I'm saying is it's all a journey. When I got online, they were so excited that I had decided to join them live. And they made it a point to tell each other that I was going out of my way to be there at four in the morning. I was not going out of my way. This is what we're called to do. The virtual world has unleashed a 24-hour champion for the very first time. Earlier, when we used to travel and journey to work at a physical place, we often said, that for eight to 10 hours of the day, practice the skill that allows you to make a living, but for the balance of the time, invest in the will that allows you to shape a life. It sounded great, it sounded grandiose, it sounded altruistic. But now we are confined to our couches, our commute is about seven seconds when we get up from our bed, go splash water on our face and walk towards our office. In fact, just this morning, I was watching a a video on LinkedIn of somebody who makes these old kind of Murphy beds, but they made one that is quite different. A Murphy bed usually that folded out from the wall comes out vertically, but they created one that is horizontal, plush against the wall, and it's ingenious in the way they designed it. They said this is a bed and an office rolled into one, so when it's down, the bed is there. When it pulls up, there's a desk beneath it, and the desk doesn't need to be emptied out. So someone in their engineering marvel said, hey, you know what? We want our commute to be comfortable, but we also want our commute to be effective. So we're going to roll out of bed, push the bed up against the wall, and then we're going to be able to sit down in an office. So your office is technically under your bed. (laughs) I love how someone put a comment beneath that. He says, if they can find a way where I don't need to leave the bed and miraculously my surrounding changes, artificial intelligence allows me to get ready while still in bed and I can work, that would be an amazing journey. Think about it how minute we have made our journey so that we can have happiness in this pursuit.
Folks, don't wait for all things to work. It may be too late. As I talked to my father over and over again over the course of the last year and made it a point to call him every day at a specific time so that he could have anticipation of joy, he kept saying, he said, son, only come when all the things are working in a way that you don't get stuck here. But as I thought about it, what if, what if, what if one day I call and something has happened and I have to get there? I have waited for all things to work. I'll have waited for the pandemic to have eased. I'll have waited for all the testing protocols to be in place. I'll have waited for all the quarantines to be lifted. But then the relationship you have with an aging 87-year-old father does require you to make that effort. So we went ahead and got tested here, and then we went to India, and we know that to come back to the United States, you need another test there, and the 72-hour platforms that they give you and the ability to go and get a test in a foreign country has its own issues because if I was sidelined here before I left for India and someone said, hey, you tested positive and then I could not get on the plane, I'd be home. But what if I test positive there? I've taken my dad out of his environment. I brought him to a hotel in another part of the country. Both of us were going to be tested. So there were some anxious moments in those 24 hours while we waited for our results. If the 87-year-old man had an asymptomatic positive test, would he be sidelined in some facility? Because we had shared a room and I was asymptomatic, would I be sidelined for an additional 10 days? These are all parts of the journey. Now we look back in hindsight with great joy. Those 24 hours of trepidation have passed by, and I began to realize something I myself have echoed many, many times. Fear and faith have the same definition. They are both based on the unknowable and the unquantifiable, and yet we are gripped by fear and paralyzed by fear and not graced by faith. I remember that night in Delhi when I was in the hotel room wondering, what if one of us tests positive? What will happen to the other person? What will happen to our trip? Both of us are out of our element. Would we be put to a hospital if we are asked to quarantine or quarantine in a way that is self-monitoring? Would the hotel allow us to stay there? Would we have to move to a... All these questions were racing through my mind and I was tossing and turning. And here's what I was succumbing to. I was succumbing to anxiety based on anticipatory grief. What if? Coulda, woulda, shoulda, hesitation hill. And then I just looked, lay flat on my back, looked up at the heavens above, and I asked. I said, Lord, give me peace. Give me a sleep that only you can give me and a peace that can only come from you. Take my burden away from me, Lord. I submit my fear to the faith. I don't can prove either one of these things. But if what I give or what I get from you is that supreme faith, let me sleep. For a person who's written books, who's spoken all over the world, who records these missives, these mottos, these maxims, these messages, the prayer was very simple, Lord, give me sleep. The next thing I knew, it was about six in the morning. I'd had the most blissful sleep, five and a half hours of positive thoughts. That's when I realized, if you wait for all things to work, it may be too late. Second, don't agonize over what you cannot control. That's that anticipatory grief. And third, don't have anticipatory grief, have anticipatory faith. So the three moods I want to paint for you in how you can have a journey of joy. First is seek a route. 
Now, what I mean is this point of contact. What are the, some of the things that you have sidelined over the course of the last year? What are some things that you have left up to chance or you haven't even been investigated enough to see if you can circumvent the regulations by, uh, by uh, abiding by them, by understanding what the protocols are? See, every rule in this world has an exemption built into it. It is part of human nature. Any protocol that gives you, they always say, unless. Many of you know that during the height of the quarantine, I classified myself as working for an essential services company because I wanted integrity when I went about while the lockdown was in place. I took all the necessary precautions, but I wanted to make sure that I could get out and about. And in order to do that, I went ahead and got myself employed by an organization that was deemed essential. Now, you have to ask yourself, rules without a relationship always lead to rebellion. So you just don't want to rebel against authority by saying, I'm tired of the mask mandates, I'm tired of the social distancing, I'm tired of the stay-at-home rules. But every rule that was put out by every government, every municipality, every principality, every nation had a caveat. So with the nation of India, they said, if you're going to come, you have to have a test 72 hours before you board the plane. The plane you can board are part of what they call this protocol of flights that they organize between the two nations. So step one, step two. You're already out of your comfort zone because the airlines uh, that they were choosing were not flying directly from my place, which means I had to fly to another city, which means there's an added step there. Some of these cities that these planes originate from have their own requirements. What if there's a delay in the flight there and you're stuck in another state and now you miss that 72-hour window? Well, you have to take that consideration and take that chance. But you have to seek a route. And seeking a route is what is the least common, least cumbersome way you can get to your destination by fulfilling all the obligations and the stipulations put in front of you. Each step of the way was cumbersome. Each, uh, each regulation was hard to understand. Most of these people who wrote governmental edicts about how their nations are going to admit people or address those that are being admitted had five and six and seven subheadings and the laws were different from a nation. And then suddenly when you're in the middle of this, Brazil has a new outbreak of a different strain that is more virulent. Uh, Britain has a different one. And then the bylaws begin saying, if your plane is coming from overseas and landing in Delhi and it is part of Brazil, this, this, this. If you're going to another state, it's this, this, this. And you have to be aware of all the stuff. Now, it's not something that is needed, but it is needed if you want a journey of joy. The journey of joy through all those hoops was getting to hold my aged father-in-law's hands, 89 years old, uh, gone through some kind of medical hardships, a walking, talking miracle. But when his face lit up, when I walked into his room and on the 16th of February, 35 years earlier, he had given me his daughter's hand in marriage. And I held that very hand and I said, Dad, it is a joy to be with you on my 35th anniversary. It is a joy to have made this journey. The tears that welled up in his eyes, I said, thank you for giving me your daughter's hand with these very hands. I hope I have honored the decision that you gave and I wanted to come and spend this moment with you. 
the pristine joy for that one hour before the fatigue hit him and he had to lay back down again and I just lazed around in his house for the remainder of the time before I trekked my way back. Now, within the confines of India, the borders were shut down between two states because of an agitation that is taking place with the farmers of that nation. So as a result, a route that would have taken X amount of time took twice the amount of time because you had to circumvent what was normal. But seeking a route is paramount. From point A to point B, remember, the goal is joy. Happiness has always depended on the happenings, but joy is undiluted, it's unadulterated, it's pure. All my bride got in the 35th anniversary was a card and some roses, but she got an excited call from the other part of the world saying, I have come back to the very spot, to the very place, a stone's throw from where we were married all those years ago, and I was with your dad. A greater gift I couldn't have given her for having made that effort. Second, share a relationship. Seeking a route, sharing a relationship. The older we get, the more we realize that the memories we have of good times are passing. The memories we have of agony are approaching. The memories we have of distress are all around us. It's amidst this doubt, amidst this uncertainty, amidst this anxiety, amidst this pandemic, that we need to start sharing a relationship. Now, whether this relationship you share is with total strangers or absolute friends, find ways to connect with people and share a relationship. Many people are hurting in their own journeys. Many of them don't have joy. So one of the things I did while I was in self-monitoring in a hotel for about 12 days in the city of Delhi, I contacted as many people as I could and began to share a relationship either by text or by phone. The number of conversations I had in a 12-day period probably were twice, thrice, or maybe quadruple the number of conversations I would have had in any normal business uh, setting during the same course of time. But sharing a relationship is twofold. One is you're calling them to say you care. And second, you're calling them to say, hey, you really want them to care about you too. Now, the caring has to be and the sharing has to have no ulterior motive except that a relationship exists on this side of eternity. And many of the conversations I had with people lasted an hour or so. They were so grateful that I had taken the time to call them. One of the gentlemen that I contacted in India was a person I had met when we were doing some work some time back. And he says, I can't believe you reached out to me, someone like you. I said, why? I just want to make sure that every time I pass through your town, I want to share a relationship with you. He came and we had, I had, he, had to, he agreed to run an errand for me, which I couldn't because the place that I needed the errand uh, fulfilled was closer to his house. But the day I was getting ready to leave, this man made a trek back to my hotel, taking traffic, ran an errand, uh, didn't charge me for it. But something amazing happened as a result of that. He says, uh, thank you, brother, for the privilege of spending time with you and encouraging each other. And in God's kingdom, I'm really grateful that you took the time to reach out to me. It's been a tough year. And then at the bottom, he says, by the way, through the glass while I was waiting for my car to take me back, I saw you and your dad sitting and eating breakfast. So I've clicked a very rare picture, a picture of you looking at your dad, but the, the picture has a little bit of glaze to it, a little bit of glare to it because it was kicked through glass. And I thought to myself, a random 
picture of somebody who you just connected with in a relationship because you were passing through their town, recalibrated, and he, while he was waiting for his car, looks over his shoulder, sees me and my father, and he says, you know what? I need to take a picture of that for posterity, a joy of a relationship. Share a relationship. First, seek her out. Second, share a relationship. And thirdly, show responsibility. Showing responsibility is vital. Years ago, when I first got and started in sales, someone had mentioned to me, I think it was a late grade Zig Ziglar, he says, you know, you need to be kind to the elderly, you need to be supportive to the ex. I mean, he gave all the demographics of how you need to be cognizant of the innocence of toddlers, you need to understand the waywardness of the adolescent, you need to understand the ambition of the the, the preteen and all of that stuff. He gave the different demographics and gave the adjectives of the behavior that would govern that particular age group. And he says the reason you need to be aware and reflective of each of those age groups is you yourself will have been every one of those age groups at some time. None of us came fully developed. None of us landed on this world six feet tall with all the wisdom of the ages by the same token. None of us arrived in this world with a pandemic to the degree. Some may have been born during the pandemic, but that will pass. So show responsibility for who you are and what you do at the time you're called to do it. And I really do think that this will give you the journey of joy. Remember that word by Heraclitus. No man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river and he's not the same man. When you look over the last year, even though we might be celebrating an anniversary of a lockdown, it's not the same world. It's not the same pandemic. Many strides have been made in how you can avoid it. Many vaccines have been developed in how you can prevent transmission and get immunity from it. By the same token, you're not the same person because your memories have changed. Seek her out, share a relationship, and so a responsibility. Until next time, this has been Krish Dunham with The Pursuit of Purpose. Thank you all. See you down the road. God bless. And that concludes another episode of The Pursuit of Purpose with Krish Dunham brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at krishdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.